What is up, guys? And welcome back to the Montreal Madness Podcast with yours truly, Tony Montreal. I tell you what, guys. I know the past couple episodes I've done have been all doom and gloom because I've been talking about the Steelers, and rightfully, rightfully so. However, though, I am really excited today to do this episode. I'm in an upbeat attitude. I'm really happy. I'm really excited. And you know why? Because the Stanley Cup playoffs are finally here. And I don't care what you say. The Stanley Cup playoffs are the most intense playoff system uh, in North American sports. I mean, just the, the competition rises tenfold. The intensity rises tenfold. Uh, when you're talking about two teams in a seven-game series um, and you put them in the middle of a rink, I don't know. There, there's just something about it where playoff hockey is just different than any other sport. It's different from football. It's different from basketball. It's different from baseball. Uh, it's just it's just different. I don't even know how to describe it to you. You just have to watch it for yourself. But the playoff hockey, it's the best playoff system in all of North America. I can't wait. And I know your Pittsburgh Penguins can't wait uh, to finally get into the playoffs. Um, they're game one this Sunday at noon against the New York Islanders. And I want to lead off with this in previewing uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins' upcoming playoff run. So in today's NHL, okay, in order to be a legit Stanley Cup contender, you have to ha- have these have these things on your roster. You have to have these qualifications in order to be successful in today's NHL. First off, and probably priority number one, you have to be deep at the center position, okay? That's priority number one. That's probably, out of the out of the four things I'm going to say here that are crucial, this is probably the number one thing on that list. You have to have deep center depth, okay? That's the first thing you have to have. The second one is you have to have not just a big but a big and mobile defense core who can move the puck, who can skate with the puck up the ice, and who can do those long stretch passes to create odd man rushes and breakaway opportunities. The third thing that you have to have is you have to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. I mean, you just, in today's NHL, you can't win games 2-1 to one and one nothing. It's not like that anymore. You have to win games 3-2, 4-3, and even 5-4 at times. You have to be able to score goals and score goals consistently. And the fourth thing that you have to have is you have to have an above-average goalie. You know, this isn't the days in the 90s and early 2000s anymore where all you have to have is a goalie stand on his head and get hot, and he can win you a playoff series, series or two. It's not like that anymore. As long as you have a goalie that doesn't give up a bad goal, and he just does what's expected of him, and he does what's asked of him, you're fine. You don't have to have a goalie stand in your head in today's NHL. You just have to ask him, come up with a couple big saves, and to just do his part, and that's it. So based on those uh, four sets of criteria, the Pittsburgh Penguins have as good a shot as any at winning the Stanley Cup this year. I mean, it's probably their best roster since they went back-to-back in, what was it, 2016 and 2017. I mean, they have a legit shot, guys, at going all the way this year. Unlike my, unlike my Montreal Canadiens, who are looking to get swept uh, by the Leafs in the first round, I'm not even going to that. 
Uh, but the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm telling you guys, they have a legit shot at winning the Stanley Cup this year. You know, they, they won in the division with 77 points, so they have home ice advantage throughout at least the first uh, two rounds. They go against a New York Islanders team who, where the Pittsburgh Penguins won the series with six wins and two losses. Their last 15 games, the Penguins have won 10 games out of their last 15. While the Islanders have kind of stumbled into the playoffs with a 6-7-1 and one record in their last 14 games. So essentially, I'm not saying this series is going to be a cakewalk for the Penguins, but I would be super, super shocked if this series lasts more than six games. I feel like the Penguins, they're going to, they're going to win this series in five. I feel like they're going to come out of here with a lot of confidence going into the next round into the playoffs. I just... I mean, it's going to be a really big shocker if I see this see the series go into a Game 7, and it's going to really shock me if the Penguins end up losing in this opening round. I just I just can't see this happening. I mean, like I said, you have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and a re-emerging Jeff Carter. I mean, I when they made that trade for Jeff Carter, guys, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because he wasn't really performing well. He wasn't leading up to this trade. Um, but since he's gone here, since he's got here, Jeff Carter has scored at a point per game pace. So like when you have those three guys down the middle, you have Jeff Carter as your third line center. You're looking really good in the middle of the ice. And I think Crosby, Malkin and Carter, that depth they have up the middle is going to be a real problem for this New York Islanders team. Um, they're, they're injured. Um, besides their besides for their top defense pairing, they're lacking defensemen. I just I just don't think um, you know you'll be able to you know you might be able to stop one line, but you won't be you know you won't be able to stop the other two. And I just think the Penguins they have too much firepower. And they just they score too many goals for the Islanders to even have a chance at competing in this series. Now, if you look at how the Penguins have gotten to this point in the season, uh, they had a tremendous record without Malkin in the lineup. Um, in the 20-some games he was out, the Penguins only suffered five, yeah, just five regulation losses during Malkin's um, injury departure. And their power play was an astonishing 29.8% on the power play. And I honestly thought that Malkin was probably going to be a hindrance to the team than an addition when coming back for injury. And he kind of proved by point right, right the first few games. I mean, their power play was over in their in Malkin's first three games back. Uh, they were one and two in their in his first three games back, and it really wasn't looking good for the Penguins in that short amount of stretch. However, though Malkin wrote the ship, he got his legs back underneath them. And to finish the season, the Penguins' power play was at an astounding 24%, which was top five in the league. Um, really good power play. Um, I like what the Penguins are doing now on the power play with Malkin because before the Malkin injury, the Pens' power play really wasn't that good. It was barely league average at the time. Then all of a sudden when Malkin got injured, it's like they found something. It just started clicking right away. And then, you know, when he came back, kind of faltered a little bit, but then it rose back up again. So I think Malkin found his legs. Um, they were able to work something out within their power play system to get it going with Malkin in the lineup. Because having Malkin 
in the lineup, you know, it's not, it's never going to hurt your team. It's only going to help eventually. But ultimately, though, I believe as long as the Penguins don't hurt themselves, and what I mean by that is taking too many uh, unnecessary penalties, uh, getting into a lot of penalty trouble. They can't be letting in bad goals like they did last year against my Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they just they can't simply do that. They can't beat themselves. As long as they avoid beating themselves, guys, this team has sh- should have no problem easily walking out of round one with a series win. There's just there's no excuse for this team not to win this series, their opening round series against the Islanders, if 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 they play to their potential. If they play to their to their potential. This will be a cakewalk series, and they'll come out here with a lot of confidence Confidence heading into the second round. The only way, I mean, the only way I see um, this Islanders team beating Pittsburgh is if Verlamov stands on his head. But he hasn't been a goalie in the past where he stood on, where he's had to stand on his head. Because remember, he, he played for Washington for all those years, under Ovechkin and Backstrom and all those guys. He still had a lot of goal scoring behind him. He wasn't needed to stand on his head. With the Islanders, I mean, he's had a really good season this year, over a 9.25 save percentage, um, under 2.3 goals against average. He's had a really good year. But if you look at his numbers in the playoffs, they are not good at all. He has barely a 900 save percentage. He has a 2.7 goals against average in his career in the playoffs. And he's going to be the one, if the Islanders would happen to win, it's because Verlamov stood on his head. I just I just don't see that happening, guys. I see the Penguins winning in five games. And as long as they stay healthy, I think they have a legit shot at going um, to the conference final, going to the Stanley Cup final, and ultimately hoisting the Stanley Cup for a sixth time. And by the way, I kind of want to touch on this. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. But if the Penguins, if the Penguins would happen to win a sixth Stanley Cup, would they surpass the Steelers as the best franchise, the best organization in Pittsburgh? Now, I know a lot of the the majority of, of uh, Pittsburgh fans out there, they would probably all agree that Steelers are the best organization in Pittsburgh. And, you know, it's a fair argument to make. You know, the Steelers are the better franchise out of the three Pittsburgh sports franchises, and followed by the Penguins and, lastly, the Pirates. However, though, take out the 70s dynasty of the Steelers. We take that out, okay? The Penguins have five Stanley Cups right now compared to the Steelers' two Super Bowl victories in the past 40 years. Now let's look at um, their playoff success, okay? Now, obviously, in the NHL, you know, you're the Penguins. You're going to have more wins in the playoffs than the Steelers would ever have in the playoffs. So I want to look at win percentage in the playoffs, okay? The Steelers have barely a 500 winning percentage in the playoffs since 1980, since their their fourth Super Bowl and their last Super Bowl in the 70s. So since that time, the past 40 years, Steelers have a Barely above 500 winning percentage, okay? Pittsburgh Penguins, since that time, have a playoff winning percentage of 550, okay? That's that, that's really good. That's actually astonishing to me. When I saw that number, I couldn't believe it. Like, that's a, like, when the Penguins are in the playoffs, seems like they go far. So, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I judge organizations and I judge teams 
on the amount of winning they do. I don't care about anything else, just just about winning and championships. The Penguins have been the better team in the past 40 years than the Steelers have. I don't know. I just saw this on Twitter the other day. I saw a couple people arguing about the better Pittsburgh franchise, and you know, it was debating essentially if the Penguins have um, overtopped the Steelers as the best franchise in Pittsburgh. And I I agree with the article that I read. I I believe the Penguins, as of right now, have the better Pittsburgh franchise than the Steelers. You, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. The Penguins have a better franchise than the Steelers as of right now. So, I don't know. Like I said, call me crazy if you want to. But I think, as of right now, if you look at the statistics, if you look at the winning, and you look at the championships, all those things side with the Penguins and not so much the Steelers anymore. So I thought that was pretty interesting and uh, kind of wanted to share that with you guys. But getting back to the uh, Penguins playoff run, yeah, I predict the Penguins to win in five games and to advance into the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So switching gears a little bit here, uh, I guess you've all heard by now about the reports going around that Tim Tebow is going to sign a one-year contract with uh, his old coach, Urban Meyer, uh, to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars and make the switch from quarterback to tight end. Now, obviously, when you put the name Tim Tebow with any report, it's going to get talked about a lot and a lot and a lot. And I see a lot of people talking, making the comparison and talking about how um, Tim Tebow, how in the hell is he getting considered to play in the NFL and not Colin Kaepernick. And I kind of want to address this because I don't know how much simpler I can make it other than this for you. Tim Tebow is getting a tryout, essentially. That's all this is. Even It's not like this is a done deal. They still haven't technically signed him yet. These are all reports. But if signed, he's going to be signing a one-year contract with the league minimum amount for a veteran football player. Tim Tebow is 33 years old. He's played multiple seasons in the NFL, so he's qualified to get the veteran minimum league salary. So the Jaguars signing Tebow is not going to cost them financially. That's number one. Number two is this is a perfect storm for Tim Tebow to make some sort of a comeback in the NFL with Urban Meyer as head coach. This is the only way he was ever getting back in the NFL, guys. It had to have been a perfect scenario, and he had to have been willing to make the switch from quarterback to the tight end position. Okay? Like, if if Urban Meyer wasn't head coach of Jacksonville, this you wouldn't even hear of Tim Tim Tebow to this day still. Okay? It just you you wouldn't hear from it. You know, Jacksonville is Gator country. If you're a Florida Gator fan, you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. That's just the way it is. So he's going to get a lot of support from the Jacksonville area. And if if he makes the team, it's just going to make the team in Jacksonville that much more popular with the fans. Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Jacksonville hasn't been a contending team for years upon years now. Now, I know he had that one playoff run where they beat the Steelers back in 2017, but besides for that, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been a shitty team. 
their entire franchise, essentially, okay? They need all the publicity they can get, especially with a new quarterback, a potential franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, which you just drafted number one overall, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't want the whole entire spotlight on my rookie future franchise quarterback, okay? So why not sign Tim Tebow, kind of take the media spectrum off of him, and for him to just relax and to do his thing as a rookie, okay? And then the third thing, the whole Colin Kaepernick situation, where, you know, why should Tebow be signed and not Kaepernick? I'm going to tell you right here. One, Kaepernick had two different instances where he could have signed a contract in the NFL. The Ravens offered him one, and the Denver Broncos offered him one too. He failed to sign those contracts because it wasn't enough money for him. Okay? He wanted starter money, and those two teams, the Ravens and the Broncos, didn't want him as a starter. They wanted him as a backup. He wasn't willing to do it, so he failed to decline. He, he declined the contracts. And the kicker for me about Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, politics aside, is whenever the league, the league was going to hold a tryout for, for uh, not Tim Tebow, for Colin Kaepernick, okay? The league did that a couple years ago. They would invite all 32 NFL teams to come down here and to watch Colin Kaepernick work out and throw football. The only kicker with that is that Roger Goodell said that there would be no media and no cameras present inside the practice facility where they were holding it. Colin Kaepernick got wind of that, didn't even, didn't even tell the NFL he wasn't showing up. He just did it, okay? He didn't give them a warning like, hey, I'm not coming now. No, he just didn't bother showing up, and he held his own individual workout at his own destiny of choice with his own people, okay? Now, if Colin Kaepernick, if he wants to be an activist, I don't care. Go be an activist then, okay? But in the NFL, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You simply can't do that. If you really want to make a difference on a football team, if you really want to be in the NFL, you have to put all of your time, all of your hard work, sweat, and tears, and blood into the NFL. If you want to be successful anyway, that's what you have to do. You really can't be concentrated on anything else but your craft in football. Colin Kaepernick wasn't willing to give up his activism in order to play in the NFL again. He showed he showed that to us a couple years ago, okay? He wanted the limelight on him, and when he didn't get that, when he didn't get his own way, he just left. He didn't even show up. So spare me the crap where, you know, oh, Tim Tebow is getting a job and not Colin Kaepernick. Oh, that's not right, blah, blah, blah. No, Colin Kaepernick had literally every opportunity to sign an NFL contract again, Okay? Hell, the Baltimore Ravens, Ozzie Newsom, he uh, Ozzie Newsom, okay, runs the Baltimore Ravens, okay. He's black, okay, and he offered Kaepernick a job, and he declined it, okay. Ozzie Newsom is like like the lone black owner in the NFL, okay. So you think of any team that Colin Kaepernick would want to play for, it'd be the Baltimore Ravens. Ozzie Newsom offered him a contract, and he declined it. 
The NFL gave him a chance to showcase his talents in front of all 32 teams. But because the cameras and the limelights weren't on him, he didn't even bother to show up. That just proves to me, and it should prove to you as well, that Colin Kaepernick is more concerned about his activism than he is in football. And you know what? That's okay. That's fine. You do what you have to do. Go be an activist. I don't care. But don't come at me saying how it's not right for Colin Kaepernick to have a job, but for, but for Tim Tebow to get one. No. He had, Colin ha Kaepernick had multiple chances of still playing the NFL, and he squandered them and turned them down. So no, I do not feel sorry for Colin, for Colin Kaepernick not being in the NFL. And don't make the comparison between Tebow and Kaepernick. Because Tebow is doing everything in his power to just get a tryout. He is making a position switch just to get a tryout. They are not the same thing. So shut the hell up. Your opinion doesn't matter because your opinion is god-awfully wrong. You hear me? Your opinion on this, if, you, if you're on the side of Colin Kaepernick being the NFL or not being the NFL, but Tebow is, you're wrong. You're just, you're dead freaking wrong. I don't know how else to um, to say it other than that. So there, that is why that Tim Tebow is getting a shot in the NFL and not Colin Kaepernick. Period. Cut. End of story. I don't want to hear it. So there's that. But then as I'm literally following this developing story of Tim Tebow trying to make an NFL comeback, here we are. What do I see? What do I freaking see while reading up on all these reports of Tim Tebow signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's another freaking Pittsburgh Steeler player making all the headlines for all the wrong reasons. You know, you have Pittsburgh Steelers starting linebacker Devin Bush just had to open his mouth on Twitter with the following. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. And I quote, laugh emoji, laugh emoji. Tebow got a job before Kaepernick. Wait till we play Jacksonville. The triple Z emoji four times, end quote. And then PFF gets a hold of what Devin Bush says and just simply retweets it, okay? I think with the with the caption of something, oh, NFL players not likening to Tim Tebow reports of him um, coming back in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. So then he um, quote tweets that from PFF and says, oh, it's the board media added again. Well, first off, Devin Bush, you are a celebrity figure, okay? And when you play professional football, you are going to be a celebrity, okay? You are going to be in the limelight, okay? So yes, if you make a public statement on a public forum for everybody in the world to read what you say, yes, a media news group is going to say something about that. I don't understand how you can say, oh, it's the board media at it again whenever you're a public celebrity athletic figure, okay? You're going to get people commenting at you if you make comments on a social media public forum. 
I think all these players have gotten one too many concussions in their life because it doesn't make any freaking sense. You know, yes, the board meeting is going to talk about you because you said something on a public forum site. Like, it's literally that freaking simple. But besides for that, it's just another case to where the Steelers, they're more concerned about themselves, like the, the players, mind you, the individual players, are more, are more concerned about themselves than the team. Like, there's no, like, why as a, why as a player on the Steelers, would you have any say in what another team does with their decisions and bringing in players or whatever? He has no business, like, making the comparison between Colin Kaepernick not being the NFL and Tim Tebow potentially getting a roster spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars for his former head coach in college, Urban Meyer. Like, please, shut the F up. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm, I am don't want to see Steelers headlines like this, okay? I want to see a Steelers headline that reads this. Steelers win 7th Lombardi Super Bowl. That's the only freaking headline I care about. That's the only freaking headline any Steeler fan should be care, should be um, cared about, okay? That's it. That's the only headlines as us Steeler fans should be concerned about. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, you know, why is this such a big deal? Why are you even talking about this? It doesn't matter. Well, it kind of does matter. Because when you have individualistic, player, individualistic players who, yes, are very talented, mind you, they don't win you championships, okay? The Steelers, for the past decade, have had talented rosters on their team, okay? They've had Big Ben in his prime, Le'Veon Bell in his prime, Antonio Brown in his, in his prime, a top-five offensive line. They've had guys like T.J. Watt, Ryan Shazier, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, and the list goes on and on with the star-studded players they've had on this roster for the past decade. They have no championships to show for it, and they have barely a handful of playoff wins. And their lone time they went to the AFC Championship game outside of the year they lost the Super Bowl against Green Bay in 2011. Since then, they've only made it to the AFC Championship game once, and that was a blowout loss in Foxborough against the Patriots and Tom Brady. Okay, so for all the talent the Steelers have, they're too individualistic. They don't play as a team. They play as a team of individuals. And that's not how football is supposed to be played, guys. You have to have an attitude. You have to have the right attitude of, I'm going to put the team first before myself. Okay, so maybe this instance with Devin Bush tweeting isn't the best example. But my God, I don't hear freaking Tom Brady going on Twitter and making stupid comments like this. And I see this not just with Devin Bush, but from a lot of Steelers players in the, within the past decade since 2011. I've seen this countless of times with Steeler players. They just make stupid headlines for all the wrong reasons, and they have no, absolutely no winning to back it up. They don't. They have barely a handful of playoff wins, one AFC Championship game in the last decade. And that's it. And for an organization as revered as the Steelers are, that is unacceptable. You know, this team doesn't play as a team. They just play as individuals. That's why when you see a key individual like Bud Dupree last year go down, they lose a crap ton of production. Because they had a good system, it wouldn't matter who would go down. 
Somebody just should be able to fill in. That's what the Patriots did for the past 20 years and why they were so success successful. They didn't have star-studded all pros throughout their lineup, throughout their roster. No, they had guys that can fill into a system that worked. That's what the Steelers lack. That's what the Steelers don't have. Devin Bush is just a lazy example of a team filled with individuals that don't care about the that don't care about the welfare of the team um, at first. Okay, they don't. I'm sick and tired of it. I don't know how I don't know how there's not more Steeler fans like me sick and tired of it too. You know, just keep your mouth shut. And if you're really concerned about the board media, then Really keep your mouth shut, okay? Don't go in a public freaking forum and speak your mind and then come back and say, oh, well, when they say it, it's just the media being bored. Just shut the hell up. That's all I've got to say. Just shut the hell up and play football. I really don't want to use that. I really don't want to use the shut up and dribble thing. I really don't want to. But my God, don't go, don't, don't come at me and say that people shouldn't be retweeting you or reporting on stuff of what you said when you know you're a celebrity figure and it's only get talked about. So just shut up, okay? If you don't like the limelight, then stay out of it then. I'm sorry to end on a low note, guys. I really am. I was really hyped at the beginning of this episode, but I had to say this, and my God, I just, I don't know how much more I can take of this being a Steeler fan. Holy crap. Like, this is just nuts. It's become nuts, guys. You know, I like I like to be the guy who talks good about players. I like to be, be the guy that talks good about a team, like I did with the Penguins. But you have to prove to me that you are a good team and you are a good player. This right here does the exact opposite. It just shows selfishness and it shows you're putting yourself before the team. I don't know, maybe I'm making too much behind this. But my God, I've seen enough. I've seen enough the past decade from this Steelers team. To know what's more concerning about them. Is it is it is it for these Steeler players? Are they 100% focused on winning? Or are they more focused on their social media life? On their social presence? It's, it's pretty clear to me what some of these Steeler players on the team, what really matters to them. And it's really sad to see. So I think that's a wrap for this edition of Montreal Badness. As always, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Spotify and on iTunes. Make sure to give me a follow on Facebook and on Twitter, at Montreal Madness is the handle. And until next time, this is Tony Montreal signing off from Montreal Madness.